Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right, now on to the matters at hand. Enough of my coffee drama this morning, coffee being spewed on me. So um, the, the moral is make sure you have the right filter. Make sure you've got the right filter. That's all. That's all. Um, so today we're reading 1 Timothy chapter 6 because we uh, have been journeying through the New Testament in a year. And we read the first five chapters of 1 Timothy. So we're wrapping up the book today. The conclusion. The finale. That's what it was. It was a celebration. A coffee celebration. But now, but now I've got coffee in my cup. It doesn't taste that great. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not even going to pretend like it tastes great. It doesn't. But I'm going to drink it because it's warm and I'm grateful to have it. All right. I'm reframing it. <laughs> I'm reframing it. All right. Uh, but first Timothy chapter six tomorrow, we're doing, we're st- we jump right on over to second Timothy. So stick with us, man. Stick with us as we start a new book tomorrow. All right. You know what we do after we spill coffee everywhere? (laughs) We read, we pray, we change the world. (laughs) One broken coffee pot at a time. You know what? There's 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 nothing wrong with the coffee pots, actually. It's the filter. Hmm. All right, let's do it. First Timothy chapter six. Here we go. Y'all ready? I'm excited. I'm excited about the word of God. There's some good stuff in here. I know there's some good stuff in here. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. So we've said this a bazillion times. Christianity arose during a time where there was slavery. Some of those slaves were uh, well-to-do. Some were uh, abused, had abusive masters. It was all across the board. Um, It was not a racial slavery. It was economic. Uh, Not that necessarily is any better. Um, And so the Christianity arose during uh, that that institution. and so the Bible does certainly doesn't command slavery, uh, but in the New Testament, the idea is uh, the Scripture teaches ways to um, be more just, and eventually the seeds of the gospel would undercut and undermine the institution of slavery, equality, uh, love for one another, um, the brotherhood and sisterhood of believers, um, the uh, the the condemnation of racism and favoritism, 
Um, so all of those seeds of the gospel would eventually undercut um, the institution of slavery. But so here, uh, Paul is speaking to Timothy. He says, all you are, you are under the yoke of slavery. And this was intended to be by, heard by more than just Timothy, because you'll see that at the end. He says he greets everyone. <clears throat> so it's, this is very applicable to us who work under the authority of others. Um, we should respect our uh, bosses so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Verse two, those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they're fellow believers. You know how that goes, right? Well, they're just, I mean, they're brother and sister in Christ. I don't need to, I don't need to work hard for them. Uh, you know what? My, my, my boss is a, is a believer. He'll understand if I call in late, if I show up late for the meeting, if I don't, if I don't go, uh, my boss will understand if I if I uh, if I leave early. My boss will understand if I do, uh, you know, just kind of cut a corner here. No, no. Paul's like, that's quite the opposite. Since your master is a believer, since your boss is a believer, you should work harder. You shouldn't show them disrespect just because they're fellow believers. Instead, they should serve them even better. Because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. So you got a, a believing boss that's trying to do good for the team, do good for the whole uh, staff, then work harder. Because he's trying to take care of everybody, trying to make sure everybody, everybody getting what they need. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. Paul's, a, Paul's telling Timothy, who's a pastor, look, these are the things you got to teach on. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this Monday, September 20th edition. My daughter's birthday, Casey's birthday. Happy birthday, Casey. Um, verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest, kind of shifting gears here, it's about false teachers. Um, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Mm. So apparently there's some people, there's a common theme in, in First Timothy is that there's apparently a group of people who just love to just um, pacify them times with uh, endless controversies and quarrels over words and Old wives' tales and myths and genealogies. Like they just want to banter. It causes constant friction, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, constant friction between people of corrupt mind. These people have been robbed of the truth, who think godliness is a means to financial gain. Ooh. If I pay my tithe, I'm going to get rich. No, 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 no. No, that ain't how that works. 
And Paul will say, look, look. So some people try to use godliness as a means to an end. So you use godliness or use God as a means to get financially uh, secure or to, to make money. You've seen that, man? You see that in the, in the world today? People try to use religion. They use God to get what they want. Politicians, they use God to get elected. Soon as man, soon as a politician runs for office, you start seeing pictures of them in a prayer meeting. They ain't never been in no prayer meeting. Come on, the prayer meetings from twenty five years twenty five years ago. Suddenly now they they praying. They they uh, at a Bible study. Men of God, women of God, they're using God for an end, which is elected office, which is power. Let me use God for power. See it all the time. Um, but verse six, Paul's like, no, no. Godliness, godliness isn't a means to an end. Godliness is a means and the end. <laughs> godliness is the means and the end. But godliness with contentment is great gain. What's the reward of godliness? Godliness. Godliness with contentment is great gain. The reward is contentment. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. Y'all came in naked little babies. That's how you're leaving. <laughs> Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Ann. You brought nothing into this world. You can take nothing out of it. <laughs> That's it. How much? How much are you leaving behind? Which that is many times. How many? How much are you leaving behind? One hundred percent. How much are you taking with you? Zero percent. Everything's staying here, man. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. You never seen a Hertz pulling a U-Haul. <laughs> he gonna take his stuff with, you know, like the Egyptian pharaohs. They used to be buried with all their a lot of their stuff so that they could enjoy all this stuff in the afterlife. You know, this mythology. So the the you know King Tut and all these guys they were buried with their with all these stuffs. There's some stuff that they could enjoy in the afterlife. You know where that stuff is? It got stole by robbers. <laughs> For the most part. For the most part, that stuff got stole. It was ripped off by grave robbers. That's what happened to that. Because it couldn't go with them. That stuff don't go with you. You didn't bring anything in this world. You can't take nothing out. Verse 8. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Yeah. Having the right filter, man. Content with what you got. Verse 9, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That's a that's a that's a bell ringer right there. That's worth just highlighting and coming back and you know being reminded of that. Those who want to get rich. But he's contra contrasting wanting to get rich with wanting godliness. 
those who want godliness and contentment, that's a great game. But if you're wanting to get rich, like that's your desire in life, you're going to be destroyed. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Here it is. Here it is. For the root, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Mm -hmm. The love of money is not uh, evil or money is not evil, but the love of money, I should say money is not evil, but the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It spreads. Loving money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's not the money, it's the love of it. And what it will get you, and what it will buy you, and what it will uh, afford you. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Greed. Selfishness. Abuse. Arrogance. Mm. <clears throat> the love of money. Some people eager for the love of money or for money, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. They'd rather have money than Jesus. Mm. Man, look, we got to always make sure that we we seeking seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, we live in a very wealthy country. We live in a very wealthy um, nation. I mean, we have money. We have resources. Thank God for that. But it's also a temptation for us to turn to wealth and money first. What can I buy? What can I purchase that'll fix this? How can I numb this? How can I... Uh, you know, deal with this issue by buying something, by occupying my time, by taking a vacation, by going to this place, by finding some other form of entertainment that I can purchase. Rather than drawing near to the heart of God. I'm listening to Jaira right now. On the, on the, on, it's, it's like, you know, the, the lyric in there, you're Jaira. You are enough. You are enough. But sometimes we don't live that way, right? We don't act like God's enough. It's a good reminder, man. Verse 11. But you, man of God. That just, that just feels right. Somebody calls you, come on, woman of God, let's go. Come on, man of God, let's go. It's like, okay, all right. Let's go then. Let's go. Somebody call you man of God, man. He just does something to you. It's like, yeah. I like that. Paul, Paul says, hey, but you, man of God, you're different. Flee from all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Yeah. Do that. And fight the good fight of faith. Fight, man. Fight for what? The good fight of faith. Flee from all this. But you, man of God, you don't run. You don't, you don't use godliness as a means to an end. You don't throw the means to a financial gain. No. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Ask all the rich people who are miserable if contentment ain't great gain. Yeah. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were when you made your your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When you got saved, when you committed your life to Jesus, when you confessed the lordship of Christ, hold on to that. Come on, you somebody listen today. Remember, you you're saved. You're a woman of God. You're a man of God. The way you act, the way you respond, the way you enter into situations is different. Because Jehovah Jireh goes with you. He's your provider. Come on, man of God. Somebody needs to hear that today. Maybe somebody needs to Maybe there's a man of God that just listened to this podcast, jumped on this morning prayer. You, you are a man of God. That's who you are. Act like it. Verse 13. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who will testify, who was testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. Jesus is going to appear again in God's good timing, which God will bring about in his own time. God, see, sometimes... Sometimes Paul just breaks out into doxology, just into praise. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be glory and might forever. Amen. Come on. Sometimes Paul just starts talking about God and talking about Jesus. He just breaks out in praise, man. God, the blessed and only ruler. Who's in charge of this whole stuff? Jesus is God, the immortal, the king of kings, the Lord of all lords, who alone, he, he's all, he all by himself on the throne. He is not sharing it with anybody. Immortal forever, who lives in unapproachable light. Wow. Holiness, unapproachable light. You can't get into the presence of God without Jesus. That coffee's not good. I'm telling you that coffee right there, it's not good. I'm drinking it, but it ain't good. Despite despite my the smile, it's not good. But I'm reframing it, and I'm saying thank you for coffee, even when it doesn't taste great, because not everyone gets coffee. I'm thankful that I had two coffee pots. What if I only had one? Then I would have just been stuck, like Chuck. But then, but I had a K-cup and I could get a K-cup. So I have nothing to complain about. It's a great day. To him be glory and honor and might forever and ever. Amen. Verse 17. <laughs> verse 17. Um, I listen, this is a good verse, man. It's a good verse. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Don't don't sign off yet. Do not sign off yet. This is it's going to get good right here. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I love that verse. I love that verse. As a pastor, Paul's saying, look, Timothy, command those who are rich not to be arrogant. It can be intimidating when you're pastoring rich people. 
You know, you're a young pastor. Everybody's rich. <laughs> you're a pastor and everybody. Everybody's got money because you ain't got any. So Timothy's like, he's like, command those who are rich in this present world. Don't be arrogant. You command them to not be arrogant. And look, we've talked about this before in the Bible. When they talk about rich people, guess what? That's us. You and me. If you make 30000 a year in household income, you're in the top 1% of the world's wealth. So when the Bible says, hey, rich people, you're in the top 1%. That's you. This is my favorite verse right here. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible right here. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. And Paul's speaking as a pastor, right? Why is he telling them this? Because it's true. Tell the rich people. God loves them. Don't put your hope in wealth. Don't be arrogant. But put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in wealth, which is what? So uncertain. It could be gone tomorrow. So don't put your hope. Don't think if I just get one more uh, zero in my annual income, I'm going to be happy. It's so uncertain. Because when you make 30000 a year, you want to make 50000 When you make 50000 you want to make seventy five. When you make seventy five, if you just made six figures. Once you make six figures, if you just made 150. If you just made 150, if you only made 300. If you only made half a million. If you only made a million. If you only made five million. Nobody thinks they're rich. They just need a little bit more. <laughs> Paul's like, it's so uncertain. It's so uncertain. Put your hope in God. Why? He richly provides everything for your enjoyment. He wants you to enjoy life. He provides what you need for enjoyment. So command them to do what? Number one, command the rich not to, not to put their hope in wealth. And number two, can't command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. And to be generous. Why does God bless you? To be a blessing. So you can be generous. Be generous and willing to share. That's what you tell rich people. Who's the rich people? We are. So what's the Jesus telling us in his word? Don't be arrogant. Don't put your hope in wealth. But let's put our hope in God who richly provides everything we need for our enjoyment. And let's, uh, let's do good. Let's be rich in good deeds. Let's be generous and willing to share. And in that way, verse 19, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may have may hold. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So they may take hold of life that is truly life. Mm. Paul just cutting through, man. He's saying, look, hold on to the things that are really life. This This world will pass away. So store it for yourself rewards in the, in the life that it will last forever. Mm. Verse 20, Timothy, guard your guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter. There it is again. There's some gossip going on in Timothy's church in Ephesus, man. There's some, there's some gossip going on. He's like, Timothy, don't get taught, don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in the chatter. Guard what's been trusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what of what is falsely called knowledge. People talking about they know some, they don't. Which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. Mm. It's good, good, good chapter right there, man. Good stuff for us. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world. We can take nothing out. 
For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, but to put their hope to, and or not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Man, that's good stuff. Well, thank you guys for being on today. Awesome ending to First Timothy. Man, we ended strong, right? That was, that was good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for a new week and new opportunities, new adventures, a new day with new, uh, new uh, things to learn, experiences to have. Um, God, thank you for good coffee, Lord. Good coffee. Thank you for that. Thank you that uh, you know our hearts and you know our situations and you're with us and you give us everything we need and you provide for us, not only our needs, but for our enjoyment. Lord, those of us, we, we have a lot. We're rich by many standards. And so God, I pray that we would not be arrogant, that we would not look down on those who have less with any pride, but we would look at other people as brothers and sisters, as co-heirs, as equals. Lord, for those who are working for other people, help us to work with all of our heart as unto you. Lord, not to be lazy, not to uh, take advantage of the kindness of our, our godly bosses or managers, um, but to, uh, to work in a way that will um, glorify you. Um, Lord, help us to, uh, in moments of temptation, to put our hope in you, not in riches, not in wealth, not in anything else but to put our hope in you. Um, God, help us today to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, to be willing to share, um, to keep our eyes and our ears and our hearts open to opportunities that you lay before us. Lord, I pray for my friends and whatever specific needs they have, the trials, um, uh, appointments, medical procedures, Whatever is going on in their lives, Lord, I pray for healing, pray for wholeness, for loved ones that there may be we may be concerned about. May you touch and minister in each and every situation uh, in great and mighty ways. Lord, we love you today and thank you for all your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being on today. It's Monday morning, September 20th edition of the podcast, First Timothy chapter 6. Tomorrow, we jump into Second Timothy. We're just going to keep going. You know, we don't stop. We just keep going. We're going to jump right on into 2 Timothy chapter 1 tomorrow. So hope you can make it. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. Appreciate you so much. Thanks for being a part of this awesome learning community as we gather around the Word of God. It's awesome. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember... God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.